Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. Hello there, Compassionate Educators. All right, welcome to episode two. Come on in. We are going to be talking today about radical compassion. Have you ever heard of radical compassion? So (laughs) I completely thought that I came up with a new concept of radical compassion. But as we know, the chances of any idea being new, completely new, are extremely slim given that there are almost 8 billion people on this globe. So, of course, I had to Google it because that's what we do, right? So, the term actually has been coined since 2003. So, still pretty new. And it has really been extended in its use by Tara Brack, who's a meditation and mindfulness teacher. So what I hope to do today, though, is take a different kind of approach to this term. So how does it apply for education? What does it mean to you, dear compassionate educator? So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines compassion as a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. So this is really an awareness that other people are suffering and we all have students and families that have great challenges in their lives, many obstacles that, you know, are in their way, but we are there with them and we want to help them overcome. Now, the other part of this term radical means extreme. And what's really fascinating is that it also means to remove the root of a disease. I just found that kind of interesting. So radical compassion is really having an extreme awareness of the distress of others and an extreme desire to remove the cause of the suffering. So as educators, we know that students often come to us from talks from uh, toxic environments. And if we're being completely honest here, many of our schools have also become sources of toxicity. And that can be really detrimental to our students and also to ourselves. So how do we alleviate suffering so that students can learn at their highest potential? How do we remove that source of you know, toxins without becoming sick ourselves. You know, a number, a record number of educators are leaving the profession and some figures even show that nearly half of us leave within the first five years. And those of us that do stay often are in the mode of burnout, but are just dealing with it. So you might be feeling this way. You might know someone else who has been uh, feeling this way. And chances are that there are teachers, that there are educators within your building that are, you know, 
in one of the stages of burnout and may not even recognize that that's what's happening. So, you know, we became teachers and educators because we care about children, right? So you already have that desire to help. And I'm sure that when you see a child suffering, that your heart hurts for them. And this is where compassion fatigue can start to creep in as well. When we see pain, but we feel helpless to change it, it begins to flood us. And then our brains basically say, hey, I can't handle this. And, you know, there's nothing that can be done. And so then we have this kind of shutdown of the capacity for genuine compassion and empathy because it just becomes overwhelming. And like I said, some of our environments have also become toxic. And so when we are in a situation where there's a lot of negativity around us, it can start to creep in. So I believe that radical compassion is only possible when we have radical self-compassion. So we must be willing and able to take care of our own needs in a big way before we can help someone else. Now, this is a term that I haven't heard before, but I think we really need to use it. This idea of radical self-compassion. We really need to care so deeply about ourselves that we are willing to become deeply aware of our own needs and remove the toxins in our own lives. All right. Are you on board? Yes. (laughs) So this is so vital if we want to truly change education, okay, so stay with me here. <laughs> As we continue this journey together to within this podcast, you'll begin to learn that I always believe that we need to be a model of what we wish to see. So, you know, this is truly for our students as well. So when we talk about self-compassion, It is not selfish or self-absorbed in any way. So if you have that idea, you know, that might have come from, you know, childhood even when we talk about ourselves, oftentimes it's said to be selfish and that, you know, we really need to not uh, be too concerned with ourselves, which is really backwards to be honest because, We need to be able to build a strong foundation ourselves in order to help others. So if we want our students to be healthy and have their needs met so that they can learn and function at their very best, we need to approach our lives in the same way. So I like to look at this from the standpoint of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if we look at this hierarchy of needs, remember this is the pyramid where that those basic needs are on the bottom and we rise up and move along the pyramid, you know, with love and acceptance and we get to the top with self-actualization. Not going to go through it all here if you, you know, want to Google it, (laughs) be my guest. But the very foundation of the hierarchy is that as human beings, we need air, water, food, rest, and health. And if we don't pay attention to if whether or not we're getting those basic needs met, then we're setting ourselves up to lose. And 
really not being the best version of ourselves that we can be. So like I said, when we have students that come to us that are really in need of our compassion, when we have coworkers who are facing burnout, when we ourselves are in the middle of toxic environments, then we really can't overcome if we aren't getting our basic needs met, right? How can we help others when we are neglecting ourselves? And I see this all the time because, you know, teachers are constantly wanting to give, give of time, give of their energy, give of their knowledge, you know, always giving and being generous. And while that is an amazing superhero trait, really take a moment to step back. And right now, as I'm recording this, this time of year, we're headed into winter. And winter is a time when we, you know, retreat in. So animals are getting ready for hibernation and resting. And this is a really good period for us as well to move inward and make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, that we are doing that inner work so that we can be at our best. So let's take this piece by piece. We are a living, breathing body that needs fresh air and sunshine. So are you getting outside for at least 10 minutes a day? Just like we teach little kids that plants need water and sun to survive, so do we, (laughs) right? Water gives us energy, keeps us healthy, you know, helps us to avoid sickness and disease and really fuels our minds so that we can stay alert. And we know that when we are in the classroom, it's like we are constantly on stage in a way. I know that I felt that before where it's like in the classroom, I'm always just being in overdrive in a way. And so it takes a lot, a lot of energy. So really meeting that basic need for fresh air and water is so critical, is so important. And speaking of being on alert and having the energy that you need, Are you honestly getting at least seven hours of sleep at night? So I'm a mom of three. My youngest is only two months at this time. So I know firsthand the impact that sleep makes. (laughs) And I know how I feel when I'm not getting the sleep that I need. So if we are not getting the rest that we need at night, then we are going to show up in the classroom feeling completely overwhelmed when the students are having challenging behaviors. And it's going to be really hard for us to help them cope with their emotions when we are too tired to even truly be able to handle our own, right? So if we want to be able to really help our students shift their behaviors, then we need to make sure that we have that foundation for ourselves and that we are truly, you know, at our highest um, ability. 
So, you know, making sure that you're getting the sleep, that you are also getting the nutrition that your body needs. So let's think long-term here. If we are skipping meals, so have you ever done this where you're just rushing out the door without breakfast, or maybe you're working through lunch because there's just so much to do, or maybe eating ice cream for dinner? (laughs) Did I say that out loud? (laughs) So, you know, it's so important that we truly take on bigger picture for ourselves because otherwise in five years and 10 years, we're going to look back and we're going to have, you know, regret for neglecting our basic needs. So I like to think of it as have your future self think your former self. So, you know, our future selves in, you know, next week, next year, in five years, when we are giving ourselves what we need now and really having radical self-compassion, taking care of our own needs, our future self is going to be benefiting from that. And that's why this isn't selfish because you're thinking about, you know, yourself in this big picture so that you can help take care of others. So, You know, having radical self-compassion means that we need to be willing to make the changes in our lives to really alleviate the toxins at the ground floor. So, you know, going back to the hierarchy of needs, we need to take responsibility in taking extremely good care of ourselves. Um, Just yesterday, I posted a quote on social media by Rudy Francisco which says, perhaps we should love ourselves so fiercely that when others see us, they know exactly how it should be done. Oh my goodness, isn't that just beautiful? I'm going to say it one more time because I really want you to let this sink in, okay? Perhaps we should love ourselves so fiercely that when others see us, they know exactly how it should be done. So if you are showing up for yourself, then others will learn to show up for you and with you. When you show up for yourself, you can show up for your family, for your friends, for your students. But if you're not showing up for yourself, if you're neglecting yourself, then really, how are you going to be able to show up for others? And what kind of example are you setting for others to treat you as well? And, you know, today we're talking about removing the toxins from our lives. And part of that is ensuring that, again, we are removing the toxins within ourselves, within our lives, and loving ourselves so that we can love others. So like I said in episode one, and if you did not get a chance to check out episode one yet, you know, go back and do that. That really sets the tone for this podcast. So one of my goals is to support you as an educator, but that also means at the very core to support you as a beautiful human being that you are. 
And I know that making changes in our lives to grow in radical self-compassion and move towards radical compassion for others is not easy to do. And that's why you see that there's such a business in health and nutrition and dieting and all of these different pieces because it's hard to do and people can spend years working on this. So what I really want to encourage you to think about is I know that for myself throughout the years I've sought help through guidance and getting accountability, you know, having accountability partners, surrounding myself with people who motivate me. And that might be people who are physically in my life or sometimes truly it's meant people online or it's meant, you know, seeking out um, formal support through maybe therapy or a coach. So if you need someone to do that for you, if you think that would be beneficial to you to have a partner in radical self-compassion so you can be at the top of your game for your students and protect yourself from burnout and compassion fatigue, please reach out, okay? So if you have someone in your life that you can reach out to that really understands this, that's wonderful. And if you don't, you know, reach out to me. I'm here for you. That's why <laughs> That's why we're doing this together because I love, love seeing the transformation in others when they can shine their own light. Because by shining your light, you can change the lives of others. That's why we are here together, isn't it? So that we can change lives together without self-sacrifice. So, you can connect with me in the Compassionate Educators group on Facebook. You can also go to CompassionateEducators.com. But please, please, please take care of you. Take care of yourself. Have that radical self-compassion. Go back and do an assessment of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and take a look if you are really meeting that foundation and then move up the pyramid. So I'll put a resource in the show notes for you to check out about that if you're interested, but do a self-assessment of where you're at and where you want to be. And again, if you're looking for a game plan on how to do that, reach out to me and we can do this together. We can do a self-assessment so that you can see where you are and we can talk about where you would like to be. Okay, so our next episode, I am so incredibly excited to share this with you because we have an incredible guest with us, Barbara Gruner, who is a champion of character development. So she has authored a book that is called What's Under Your Cape? Superheroes of the Character Kind. And she travels all around the nation speaking about uh, character traits and how we can really bring this into our classroom. Specifically next week, we will be discussing empathy and she shares some great, great, simple yet effective strategies that you can incorporate into your classroom to help your students strengthen their empathy muscles. 
Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation about radical self-compassion. If you enjoyed this episode of the Compassionate Educators Show, please head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. This will help other educators find the show and join the Compassionate Educators Movement. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, let's keep changing lives without self-sacrifice.